What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 164 of the Designated Players Podcast. This week, MLS History Retold is back. We start with the story of Eddie Gavin in goal and Bob Bradley's masterful fourth substitution, a story which is surely unique to MLS and MLS only, as well as reliving yet another Chicago Fire Cup run, this time during the 2003 U.S. Open Cup. My name's Andrew. I'm joined by good buddy Connor, and this is MLS History Retold. Now that the music is gone and our little intro is over, Connor, how you doing? Did you like my intro for the last MLS history you were told? I definitely listened to it. I, I, I sent 100% it. did. I sent it directly to you. I know, and I definitely listened to it. I didn't just skip straight through it. Well, that's your that's to your loss because it was <laughs> phenomenal. I bet you it was. I bet you it was. You're you're very good with the edits, man. You're you're just so good. Yep. Um. Big stories this week. Another another cup run for the fire. I feel like uh, we're going to get a whole bunch of these and then a whole bunch of nothing for about 20 years. So <laughs> might, as, might as well get them all together now. Uh, how much do you know about the, the Eddie Gavin and goal story? About negative five. It is the most MLS 1.0 story you will have ever heard. You're going to love it, uh, as will all of our listeners. But before we do that, of course, I have to ask you. Scarf of the week. Can I guess what you're rocking? Is it related to what you're doing? Maybe Star Wars themed? Star Wars themed. Is it? It looks um, like it is. It's it's actually just Obi-Wan Kenobi on my scarf. <laughs> um, it is unsurprisingly a Chicago scarf. I honestly thought about breaking out the Red Bull scarf just to mix things up and For keep memes. people on their toes. Because they are also heavily involved in this, but hold hold that scarf up again. Don't tell me that that text doesn't look like Star Wars text. I mean, I that font is Star Wars font, one hundred percent. It does kind of look like it has stars around it too. Yeah, my guess is that was like a Star Wars night, like a a May the Fourth game, and they put a special scarf out. If I had to guess, I bet you could Google it and research it. Yeah, that's too much effort. You're not going to, of course, because you hate, you know, everything. That's what I would do. No, no, I, I just hate you. I don't hate everything. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. <laughs> I got to make sure this isn't upside down. Um, I've run through so many Red Bull stories over the past couple of weeks. I've run out of scarves. So just this has no relation outside of just being a Red Bull scarf. There. Meets in the front. Does a little crest thing. It's cool. It's nice. But it sounds like I start first. Is that correct? If we are going chronologically. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, I do love a bit of chronological order. It makes my it makes my brain happy. So I guess I'll just jump right into it then. And I will warn everybody right now. This story reeks of early days MLS 1.0, and you are going to love it. I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Once a Metro for providing details for this story, uh, because I seem to forget to you know call them out every time I do this. It's Once a Metro and it's uh, Metro Fanatic. are both fantastic people. But this one comes from Once a Metro. It's July 4th weekend, 2003. The New York, New Jersey Metro Stars were taking on arch rivals DC United away at RFK Stadium. It just so happens that this game happened three days after our previous story, the Guevara towel incident. So in true fashion, the week just has to continue to be crazy. We can't just have one thing happen and then it go back to normal. It has to go crazy. In 2003, as we know, 
the use of golden goal overtime was employed to decide a winner. RIP 35-yard shootouts, we hardly knew thee. Bring them back for MLS 5.0, and the world will love it. The league for this season had added a new rule in which a fourth sub could be employed for goalkeepers and goalkeepers only in case they were injured during the extra time period. Now, everybody listening to this is probably listening to the same thing and thinking, that doesn't make any sense. Field players can get hurt in extra time too. Why didn't the sub just go all the way across to all players? And to that I say, you're right. This is 2003 MLS. Nothing made sense. Nothing ever made sense. And it's wonderful. So love it. What MLS didn't account for was Bob Bradley's big, bald, brilliant head outsmarting their entire rule. And that's what happened in 2003. Tim Howard started the matching goal, allowed a goal to Marco Echeverry in the 10th minute. Red Bull legend Jaime Moreno. That's a throwback to another episode you guys should go listen to. Uh, And Ricardo Clark, former Houston legend, added two goals in quick succession that gave the Metro 2-1 lead. Kenny Arena, yes, son of that Bruce Arena, got himself sent off in the 35th minute for two yellow cards in five minutes. And again, people are listening or thinking the same thing I am. There is nothing that a person with the last name Arena has done worse in the scope of American soccer than get these two yellow cards in five minutes. Not one. But we don't talk about 2018. As long as we forget about 2018, that is the worst thing somebody with the last name Arena has ever done. After this, Red Bull are down to 10 men for 55 minutes. And Dima Kovalenko equalizes just before halftime. Metro bunkered in and held strong on their way to a 2-2 scoreline at the end of regulation, meaning we were headed for golden goal overtime. Two five-minute overtime periods, not 10, five. Sitting on the bench for the Metro was 16-year-old Eddie Gavin. As Bob Bradley looks down his bench, he thinks, this guy is young enough to not know what's happening. Let me see if I can get away with this. He calls him down at the end of normal time. And officially, I'll, I'll put it in this way, Bob Bradley put Mark Lisi in goal. Tim Howard ended up playing as a central midfielder on the, on the roster. He subbed Eddie Gavin in for Mark Lisi in goal. Tim Howard standing at center midfield with referees surrounding him, confused out of his mind, trying to figure out what exactly was happening. Everybody was so confused, strictly first and foremost, on the jersey situation. As you can imagine, this is the first for players, coaches, referees, officials, anybody you can guess. Nobody knew what the rules were. Originally, Eddie Gavin had put on Tim Howard's second goalkeeper kit, but it was black, as was DC United's kit, so they told him he had to change. In goes Eddie Gavin to the New York Metro goal with a gray t-shirt looking like a U-12 kid who volunteered when the normal goalkeeper didn't show up. Tim Howard, on the other hand, put a kit with no name on, just a regular training kit, on top of his goalkeeper jersey, looking like a U-12 kid who got put into the game because they were beating up on a really bad team and he just wanted to get a couple of minutes up at forward. It gets better because he never actually stepped onto the field. Bob Bradley stood next to him at halfway off the field as the game kicked off for extra time, meaning that as the game kicked off, Metro were down nine men to 11 in extra time. DC 
plays the ball in. They take one bad touch, and about nine metro, all nine Metro players ran to the ball and kicked it as far into the stands as they could to get it out of bounds. This allowed Howard to throw off the nameless kit to the side, jog back into the goal, grab the gloves from Eddie Gavin, and let Gavin get back onto the field. He was still wearing his gray T-shirt, and he picked up the nameless kit that Tim Howard had put on. He starts to put it on his own body, and then I guess somebody had to remind him, hey, Gavin, you're actually a field player. We have a jersey for you. Here you go. He grabbed his own jersey, put it on, and got back into the field of play. And you must be thinking, this is where it ends, right? And I laugh at you, Connor, because this is not where it ends. After the first half of extra time, it went five minutes and nothing happened. So they go to the second half, but Metro feeling energized. Gavin's up top. He's running down long balls. He's chasing, chasing, chasing. They got a little bit of kick in their step. They get to the 98th minute of 100 total minutes in this game. And Tim Howard comes up massive, making a 1v1 save on a DC attacker, which caused a rebound that started a counterattack. The ball is launched up the sideline to youthful Eddie Gavin, who gets on the end of it. He gets around his man and is running in on goal. He sees the second best goalkeeper in MLS history, Nick Ramondo, cheating off his front post, expecting a cross. Instead of putting the ball across, Gavin chips the goalkeeper on the near side and wins the game for 10-man Metro against their arch rivals in their own stadium. As you can imagine, fans, coaches, and DC-related people alike all were furious. Rob Stone, Ty Keogh, and Eric Winalda were all on the call for this game. And Rob Stone made no mistake in sharing his thoughts. He's quoted as saying, I think this is cheating, just cheating. But it's, it's in there. What they did was make a temporary goalkeeping substitution, put Howard into the middle of the field as a field player. So at least they will have Eddie Gavin play a minute in net. So when the ball is cleared, they can switch back. Is he wrong? I don't think so. Did he ask? Did we ask? I didn't. Metro beat their rivals, and that's all that mattered. Some may say this is karma for giving Jaime Moreno a full year to ruin our franchise. I don't know. That's just me. So when your Euro snob friends are all ooing and aahing over their precious super teams winning trebles in England, you can always remind them that they've never seen their team beat their rivals with 10 men while a 16-year-old midfielder played in goal for a minute, switched out with the current goalkeeper, and scored the winner in golden goal stoppage time. Long live Bob Bradley's brilliant, bald head. Let's be honest. The most outrageous thing from that entire story was Jaime Moreno actually scoring for Red Bull. One of two goals, and it was to beat DC United. We we talked about that in our last episode. I know. After everything you talked about with him at Rebel, that's the most surprising card to me. I didn't even know he like <laughs> would step on the field for them or was allowed to. <laughs> I will tell you that the the fourth substitution rule did not last much longer after this game. Yeah, MLS qu- MLS quickly revived the or re revised revised. Thank you. That's the word revised uh, this rule. And I believe they just straight up removed it and said no more extra subs. So um, Bob Bradley and the New York, New Jersey Metro stars are literally responsible for rule changes. Some may think that David Beckham's arrival and the DP rule is the most significant thing to happen to MLS in terms of rule changes, but it was actually Bob Bradley and Eddie Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's surprising to hear a positive Metro star story. So 
I feel like the best way to balance that out is with a nice negative Metro Star story, shall we? Let's talk about the 2003 U.S. Open Cup. Huh? You remember that one, buddy? I was six, so no. <laughs> okay. Well, then that's great. I'll remind you. The final was a matchup between the Metro Stars looking to finally win their first trophy and the Chicago Fire looking to win their third U.S. Open Cup to date for them, which would easily make them the most successful Open Cup team in the league's short history. But let's take a step back and see how we got here. Early rounds of the Cup featured legendary teams such as Bridgeport Italians, the Utah Blitz with two Zs because they're cool, and DS United. No, not DC United. This is like the fake DC United. Anyway, those rounds are irrelevant. Round three, this is where we get to see our first sightings of MLS teams. Due to their wooden spoon and wooden spoon runner-up finishes in 2001, DC United and the Metro Stars were forced to play in round three. DC United would face off and beat the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Yes, the same Riverhounds that just made a fantastic run in the current U.S. Open Cup. While the Metro Stars would easily fend off the mid-Michigan Bucks. Round four includes all MLS teams now, many of which were facing off against lower league opponents, with the exception of the Metro Stars facing the crew and the Rapids and Wiz facing off. There were actually a couple upsets, or cup sets, if you will, in this round as well, and more near cup sets. DC United would need a 97th minute extra time goal from Christos Deutschkov to beat Virginia Beach Mariners. One upset that actually did happen was the Dallas Pern getting absolutely walloped by the Wilmington Hammerheads 4-1, to one, a sign of their season to come where they would finish dead last in the league by a mile. The other is a little-known club by the name of the Seattle Sounders, beating the Quakes 1-0 after a Kyle Smith goal. The Metro Stars crew game was another phenomenal game this round where the crew would take a 3-1 lead into the second half before the Metro Stars would score three unanswered, including a late Eddie Pope brace to win it. The quarterfinals was the end of the road for the Cinderella Stories. Seattle got smacked around by the Galaxy 5-1, while the Hammerheads would just lose out to DC. Other games included another fantastic game for the Metro Stars, where future MVP Amado Guevara uh, would find a winner in the 116th minute to beat the Rebs. The only other game was the Fire taking down Colorado in a straightforward 2-1 win. The semifinals were two identically amazing games. The Metro Stars faced off against rivals DC, while the Galaxy faced off against the Fire. Both games finished 3-2, with, as mentioned earlier, the Metro Stars and the Fire winners. The Metro Stars won their game following an 88th-minute winner from John Woolenick after DC tied it in the 76th through Ronald Cerritos. The Fire in their game jumped out to a 3-0 lead after Ante, Ante Razov scored in the 69th minute, seemingly putting the Fire in cruise control. However, the Galaxy, <laughs> the Galaxy said never say die after they scored two goals in two minutes through Alejandro Moreno and Arturo Torres. While all momentum was seemingly with the Galaxy, they could not complete the comeback. So let's go to the final. 
It was held at Giant Stadium. Yes, not Jets Stadium. And here's how both teams lined up. For Chicago, they sent out Zach Thornton, Kelly Gray, Carlos Bocanegra, Jim Curtin, Orlando Perez, Evan Whitfield, Chris Armour, uh, Jesse Marsh, Demarcus Beasley, Damani Rolfe, and Ante Razov. The Metro Stars sent out Johnny Walker, Chris Leach, Steve Jolly, Eddie Pope, Edgar Bartolomeu, Richie Williams, Ricardo Clark, Eddie Gavin, Amado Guevara, uh, Andres Juskowiak, <laughs> and Clint Mathis. And I'll be honest, the game was very boring. There were 10 shots from the Metro Stars, 8 shots from the Fire, of which 2 were on target from the Metro Stars and 4 on target from the Fire. So really not a lot of action in this final, uh, which, like I said, was quite boring. However, Damani Ralph, in the 68th minute, was able to make one of those few shots for the fire count, as Chicago would score and hold on to win 1-0, making this their third U.S. Open Cup win already in the short history of MLS. The fire would go on to win the Shield and were crazy close to winning MLS Cup as well, losing in the final to San Jose almost making this a treble-winning season and likely the greatest single season in MLS history. So, yeah, but they didn't, they're, they're not the Metro Stars. So, I mean, like, winning is cool. Clearly they're not. That's why they won the final. Winning is cool, but the heartbreak is so much better. So, <laughs> like, I'm, I don't even care. Is, is the the saying from the Metro Stars fan, is it heartbreak makes the heart grow fonder? Is that what it is? Something like that. I I just think, you know, like I think winning's overrated. I think everybody wants to win, you know? So I think it's like it's like not it's not not hipster enough for me, personal. Makes I think, a lot of sense when you think about the teams that you root for. Correct, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's so much nicer to like because if you like think about Man City fans, like, oh, they just won the treble. What's what's next? Like, oh, here we go again. We're gonna go win another title. Like for me, <laughs> I wake up every day, I'm like, man. I, how how are they going to hurt me today? You know, it gives you that little bit of little little more motivation to to go back and see what's new, right? Oh, good, we're playing we're playing Bournemouth. Time for another four nil win. No, <laughs> for us, we're playing we're playing bottom of the table, haven't scored all season, Montreal, and we're up a man. Yeah, let's lose two nil. Heck yeah, <laughs> oh, Metro way. Yeah, the, the only way. Metro way is the only way. Funny enough, so. Um, Really good stories there this week, I think. Um, we're going to dive into that playoff run you talked about during um, next week's episode. So 2003 playoffs specifically. Is a specific focus to the fire? Specific focus to San Jose, actually. Okay, so it'll be a, it'll be a little, little focus. I think maybe we touch on a whole bunch of everything. Uh, and then we'll also talk about the storied Freddie Adu career. So... Lots more to look forward to, so we hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe if you did. Uh, follow us wherever you get your podcast so that you know when that next episode goes live. we got more top tens coming, um, and we've got a ton of other things as well. Uh, make sure you go follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, so you know when we post our clips. We've got YouTube-only content coming out in the form of tic-tac-toe, um, player career, guessing their player career, a whole bunch of different things. We haven't got the cool names yet, but... 
Uh, tons of really cool stuff. So make sure you're following us so you know where that goes live. Uh, and like I said, we hope you enjoyed and we hope to see you back next time. So see ya.